This is the So You Talk to Cows podcast, a podcast for anyone who has ever been asked if they talk to cows, corn, or any other commodity. I'm Erica Earlbeck, a lifelong agricultural communicator. On each show, I interview someone who has made it their life's work to communicate to and advocate for our nation's farmers and ranchers. We learn new ways to communicate, classic techniques that always work, and we try to predict that next big thing for our industry. When you think about agricultural communicators, I want you to think about this podcast guest. Today I'm interviewing Clinton Griffiths. He is the editor of Farm Journal Magazine. Not only that, he is the anchor of Ag Day Television. He does some work with Ag Web and just a general storyteller, content creator, and strategist. I got to know Clinton way back in the 90s. We both went to school at Oklahoma State. He just came a few years after I did, but uh, we both interned at the same location, had the same internship supervisor, and have, have been friends ever since. So Clinton Griffiths, welcome to the So You Talk to Cows podcast. Tell us about Farm Journal, because one of the things that we have talked about in my class is that Farm Journal is one of, if not the oldest publications still in print. Is it the oldest? So it is the oldest agricultural publication in the country. It was started almost 146 years ago by uh, Wilmer Adkison, who was a Quaker living in Philadelphia, and he created a magazine, which is a kind of a, it was a leaflet back then, uh, that had all kinds of farming and kind of rural living tips. And he would deliver it within a day's ride horseback of Philadelphia. And so that was kind of the beginnings of the magazine. And it, you know, it grew exponentially. You know, at one point in our country, everybody was either living rural or worked on a farm. Um, and so like the the audience was was absolutely massive. I think you know, at, at one point in the 30s and 40s, it was being delivered to, you know, several million homes. Um, and so, like, it was a big, big magazine. Today, we're more of an agribusiness-focused publication, right? So we we generally don't even focus as very hard on livestock. We focus pretty corely on uh, corn, soybeans, and wheat. And those are kind of our big three things that we focus on. Um, you know, some of our other things focus a little bit on every once in a while, we'll have a rural lifestyle type of story and we'll have a cattle story, but, or hogs, but, you know, our real core focus is that hardcore agribusiness farmer, you know, a thousand acre grower of corn, soybeans, or wheat. Awesome. Cool. So how did you, uh, get to, let, let's hear your story. What, what is your life story? <laughs> how did, how did uh, but, you end up the editor of Farm Journal Magazine? Yeah, well, yeah. Cause when I knew you, you were a, uh, a budding young TV broadcaster. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, so, you know, I ended up going to college, um, at another university, not there at Texas Tech. You can say uh, it cause they know that I went to that other university. Yeah. Too. So I went to Oklahoma state and I worked on an agricultural television show there. And I think you did as well. Um, uh, you know, I was there for four years. When I got out, I went into broadcast television, right? So broadcast news, that was kind of, I originally wanted to do uh, marketing and advertising, um, but I, I just kind of fell in love with the storytelling aspect of the business. And so I got out, I went to Hayes, Kansas. I worked in Wichita. Then I got out of TV news and just did corporate communications for a couple of years. Uh, when Oklahoma State called and said, hey, we're going to restart that program you worked on in college. Would you be interested? So I went back did that for a couple of years, recreated Sun Up from the ground up, and then 
was sending stories um, up to Ag Day and U.S. Farm Report as a way to just kind of uh, get a little more exposure for the, the experts and our scientists there at Oklahoma State. Um, and I got a call just kind of out of the blue one day and said, hey, will you be interested in coming up and interviewing for a job? And so 13 years later, here I am. Uh, I, I still host the Ag Day television show. Um, I've done a few other shows in the meantime, Corn College TV and and some other different projects. Uh, but it was about two or three years ago that um, I got called to Kansas City and they sat me down in a wooden chair, which happened to be the desk chair that Wilmer Atkinson used when he started the publication, uh, which I didn't realize at the time. And they said, we'd like you to be the editor of Farm Trail Magazine. And so that's kind of the story of how I ended up there. And, and I really think the the why is, you know, they don't generally put TV and print people, you know, that just doesn't, it doesn't happen very often. In fact, I'm not sure if any other television broadcasters have ever been editor of a farm magazine. I don't think so. Um, but I think the reason was, is because there is so much crossover in media today. Um, my day-to-day -day has been, you know, living and breathing agricultural information and news that they felt like, you know what, this is a content job more than it is a mechanics of the magazine job, right? So they don't, they don't need me to be, you know, the, the copy editor for this magazine. I'm a content editor and so help decide what goes in it, uh, what's important to the audience. And so, um, you know, that's kind of how I ended up there. So I've been doing it for, I think, almost three years now, uh, three and a, two and a half, three. And uh, it's been interesting. It's a learning curve. It's, you know, we worked on a magazine in college, but, you know, doing it every day, the deadlines are fast, especially in the fall. Um, you know, every 10 days we have a deadline for a magazine. And wow. so it's, uh, you know, it's a lot, but it's interesting. I, I've enjoyed the work and it's, it's just different. It's just a different pace to it than there was with television, which I had done for so long. Cool. I think I need to skip ahead on uh, the questions because I told you this would be a late one, but I think we need to talk about the Farm Journal Company because uh, people listening to this might be a little confused, like, wait a second, you work for Ag Day, but you also work for Farm Journal. How does that work? So let's talk about the Farm Journal Company and sure, all that sure. that encompasses. So Farm Journal Corporate, right? So we have the original Farm Journal Magazine, right? So Farm Journal Corporate um, is, is like any kind of media conglomerate these days. They, they do a lot more than just one magazine. So they actually own Ag Day and U.S. Farm Report. Uh, we produce Machinery Repeat TV. Uh, we have a website called agweb.com. We've got uh, a, num a number of other publications. Um, there's a Drover's Livestock publication. There's Dairy Herd Management. You know, we've got the Top Producer magazine. There's a retail channel uh, called The Scoop play that we have. We also do something called the Packer, which is on the produce side of the business. We've got live events. And so, you know, Farm Journal Corporate is kind of the big umbrella under which all of these different media channels kind of fall. And so that that's pretty standard in the business these days is that, you know, there's usually kind of a, a banner over the top and then you have just a number of different outlets. But really it it's all about amassing an audience, right? So this, the whole media business uh, today and, and always is about delivering an audience for advertisers. Um, and my job is making sure that audience wants to show up and read and, and view the content that we create. 
Your boss, my former bo boss, Brian Conradi, he put it really well. Uh, you work for the ESPN of agriculture, and I, I thought that was a good. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they they yeah. do radio. They they have a magazine. They do television. You know, there's uh, they do events, obviously. So yeah, <laughs> it's it's pretty similar. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so much exciting things happening with a very old company, very old, very right. reputable company. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the challenge is not to get stale. You know, when you've been around 145, 146 years, you know, it's, you want to continue to innovate for the future. And so you're always looking at like, okay, what's next? Well, a few years ago, we bought something called Precision Reach, which is using um, more than our own channels to go in and place advertising into other places that farmers might go. And so our whole job there is to say, okay, if a farmer's going to be on a media platform, maybe they're watching sports, maybe they're watching tractor pools, maybe they're watching, you know, you name it. And so how do we deliver content or audience and ads to them? And so it's not about us producing content. Now we're amassing content that everyone's creating and delivering ads in multiple different places. So yes, you know, we, we do media, but anymore we're a kind of a data delivery business, which a lot of media companies are moving toward. What's the biggest challenge with working in, in print and then also with all the channels that you all have? Well, I, I mean, if I'm going to speak for myself, I think the biggest challenge is that, you know, they're, you're trying to be seen in a world with so many different outlets, right? So it used to be when you broadcast, right, there were three channels. We all remember because you had to watch prices right when you were sick at home because there was nothing else on and there was no other way to watch anything. Um, and that probably dates me. But, you know, so that's the biggest challenge is like, how do I get someone's attention that's on Snapchat and TikTok and on, you know, they're on their Instagram and like, how, how do I show up and be part of their daily life? Whereas before, you know, you deliver this magazine for free to their, to their house and that was, you know, one of four or five publications that came to the door. And of course they'd read it. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was free. You had a captive audience and people still read, they still listen, they still, you know, they still watch television, but they've added other media outlets in between all of those extra moments. And so it's just, it's just trying to be relevant and raise your hand in the midst of all of that noise and try to grab attention, which is, you know, which is basically what the phone has done, right? It's just an, an attention getting device. Um, and so, you know, you timeliness is important. The other challenge I'd say is that, you know, media, because it's more fractured, it has changed some of the, the way that the business is structured. And so there just aren't big teams. Like we don't have a huge team of people. It's a handful of people that do a bunch of different jobs. And so, like, you know, you kind of have to keep your nose to the grindstone and keep working just to kind of keep up with it. And so you don't have just like these dead periods of like, hey, I'm going to spend a month on planning. That doesn't happen. You know, <laughs> like I've got to be writing a story today because it's due tomorrow, you know. And so those you have to kind of enjoy having a deadline driven career. It's not overwhelming, but it's deadline driven. And if you work that way, which, you know, I'm wired that way, I need a deadline every day to make sure that I'm meeting it. And so I recognize that about myself and it's a good career for that. Good, good. 
what is the future for agricultural magazines? I think they'll be around. I think there may be fewer of them. I, you know, really it's part of that has to do with advertisers trying to figure out how do they can get in front of an audience, right? Mm -hmm. So you may not have 20 of them, you may have five, you know, and I think that's every media outlet, every big magazine maker that's out there has seen that they're going to have to consolidate and drop some brands and, and different titles over time. Um, and I think that's true in the agricultural world. You know, we're always going to have farmers. Uh, somebody's got to grow the food and somebody's got to feed people. And so <laughs> there will be an audience for it. It's just how many will be out there, I think, will get smaller. So I'm going to ask you a, a question, um, you know, an opinion question here. So this <laughs> is a, a, a technology-driven, agricultural communications is technology-driven, mm -hmm. um, but there are some things, I'm going to spring this on you if I'm putting you on the spot, uh, but there are some things that are tried and true and always work. What's something that you think is, you know, Throughout the test of time, what's something an agricultural communicator, what always works or what should you always be good at? Um, I, th I think regardless of the technology, you need to be able to be a concise interviewer. And I am telling you, I've gone through hour and a half interviews and pulled nothing out of them. And <laughs> I've gone through three minute interviews and every other word is a soundbite. Now, there are people you interview that are better than others. I get it. There are people that talk in sound bites and those that don't. But you've got to figure out a way to condense and be concise in your interview questions um, and try to really get to the, I don't need you to tell me how many acres are in a farm. I need you to tell me, why do you farm? What do you love about it? I want to know the opinion stuff and I'll tell you the rest of the mechanical stuff, right? Um, and so to me, that's the biggest thing that, that tried and true, I don't care if you're going to be doing it 20 or 30 years from now, you need to know how to keep your interviews concise because probably your story's on deadline. Probably you need to deliver it tomorrow or today or within an hour. Um, and the more you have to sort through, the longer it's going to take you. So if you can boil that down to where you're not spending two or three hours going back through an interview that took you an hour you're going to save yourself a lot of heartache and a lot of time. I'm going to cut that out and play that in my class uh, okay. next, uh, in two weeks. I think is when we're talking about interviewing. Yeah. <laughs> what's a, what's your, your best writing tip that you would share with somebody? Um, okay. So I've got, I'm going to start with one that I use is to find a transcription service, right? So when we started, mm -hmm. they didn't have such a thing. And you spent all of your time logging tape, and listening to interviews. And so anymore, I will, I use a, uh, you guys may use it too, called otter.ai. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Use it all the time. They've got a free version. You can sit and record a Zoom call or whatever, and it transcribes the whole thing. And then you can listen to it and pull your stuff in. So I use it all the time. It saves me hours and hours. And I hated transcribing interviews. It's the worst part of the job because um, it's just busy work. It's not actually doing anything. It's just busy work. And so um, now I don't have to do that. So that's that's a user transcription. I don't care what you use. Uh, if it's a Google, I don't care. Pick something, use that. Uh, it will help you a bunch. Um, and then as far as like <clears throat> writing goes and the structure of writing, for me, I try to find a way. There, there are two things. 
You need to open with interest. So you need to find a way to put people in the scene, in the moment, in the beginning of your story. Take mm -hmm. them there. They are not there. So you need to like paint it with a brush. You need to make it smell. You need to tell them what they're seeing, how they feel, like set a scene. And then at the end, you need to leave them with a takeaway. Like, why did I spend 20 minutes or 10 or five reading or watching this story? You need to send them home with, this is why. And you need to, it needs to be concise. It needs to be impactful. It needs to deliver something. But there has to be a reason why they watched it. And so, or listened to it or read it. And so for me, that is always the biggest challenge is, can I get an opening line? Can I get a closing line? The rest of it fills itself. Good. Great, great advice. Okay. So to wrap up, I have a, I got this idea from Alan Alda because he does a podcast. I don't know if you've ever listened to it, but it's really good, but he does a, what he calls a lightning round or quick fire round. What is one thing you wish you were good at? Copy editing. <laughs> okay, good. I'm serious. I, it's not yeah. my strong suit and that's okay. Cause there are people that that is their strong suit. Yeah, that's right. What is your pet peeve? Oh, uh, <laughs> long interviews. The best book you've read or movie that you've seen lately? Oh, uh, best movie I've seen. Oh, I, I said a little cliche. I really like Top Gun Maverick. So did I. I really liked it. I, I hate to say it, but I did. I I'm did really, really like it. that for best picture because it was yeah. nominated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think that's my favorite. And, and I'll tell you, my favorite part is when he gets, you know, has to eject out of the space plane or whatever. And then walks into that small cafe <laughs> in that little rural town in California. And everybody in the place stops and looks at him. I, that, to me, that I love that. Yeah. Having grown up in a small town, I feel like that's pretty accurate. Yeah. What's your favorite podcast? Um, I listen to quite a few sports podcasts. So I, right now I listen to one called Ahead of the Curve. Okay. And it's, uh, it's interviewing... Uh, coaches, but it's more about team building oh, and good. mental strategy than it is about really the mechanics of baseball. Awesome. Good, good. Yeah. Okay. And last thing, if you didn't do this for a living, what would you do? Oh, um, um, that's a good question. I would probably be, you know, in my heart of hearts, I always wanted to be an actor, right? Uh, but that doesn't really sound logical or pay the bills. Uh, so I would probably just work in corporate communications, I'm guessing would be my other job. Clinton, thank you so much for allowing me to interview you for this podcast. Anybody can watch Clinton every weekday on Ag Day Television. The list of local television stations and airtimes is available on the Ag Day website, so you can find out where to catch him there. That's our show. So You Talk to Cows is produced by me, Erica Earlbeck, with production support from the Department of Agricultural Education and Communications at Texas Tech University. Follow me on Instagram at Erica underscore Earlbeck. That's E-R-I-C-A underscore I-R-L-B-E-C-K. For more information on careers in agricultural communications, find my department at D-E-P-T-S dot T-T-U dot edu slash agen.